The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. A very pleasant good day to you. Thank you for joining us on Grace in Focus radio and podcast. The week of Christmas is here, and so we want to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, as today we talk about some things that make some people's lives not so merry, like obsessive-compulsive disorder, depression, anxiety, and part of our discussion is about how to approach these things and find healing. What does the Bible say about it? How should Christians approach this? Is counseling a good thing or going to a doctor? So there's lots to think about in our discussion today. Now I want to make you aware of our website. It is faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. And you can find out a lot about us by going to that website. Also want to encourage you to think about coming to our national conference, which happens next May, May of 1923. Find out about it on faithalone.org. Now Bob Wilkin and David Renfro lead our discussion today. Welcome to Grace and Focus. I'm here again with David Renfro, and we're going to do some questions today. Uh, David, I think you've got a question. Yeah, it's from initials BT. BT. He says, I have some questions about mental health and psychology. I've struggled with OCD all my life. It's been very OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. disorder. Correct. It's been very difficult, but I have had a lot of success with medication and therapy. Then he says, However, I sometimes hear preachers saying that psychology is incompatible with Christianity and that it is blasphemous for Christians to take medication and go to therapy. They say that the Bible is sufficient and it is blasphemous to think that a Christian needs help from secular psychology. It sounds like they deny mental illness. And then he says, what are your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, yeah. as you might guess, David, I have some thoughts on this. <laughs> I'm not quite OCD, but I'm OC. <laughs> I got the award seven years in a row at Dallas Seminary, the Obsessive Compulsive of the Year at, at DTS. I see the trophies. On I know. You. <laughs> Can't you see them hanging over there, all it's, those it's things? amazing. Yeah. So anyway, and I've been to a lot of counseling over the years because I come out of an alcoholic background. Sharon's been in counseling. I've been in counseling. And I found it to be helpful. I find the idea that it's blasphemous for Christians to be involved in therapy or to be involved with medication for mental illness to be quite unbiblical. For example, would we say that it was contrary to the word of God to take insulin if you're a diabetic? Probably not, right? Right. But... People who believe you shouldn't take any medication end up dying Mm -hmm. of diabetics. There have been parents who are convinced that God has healed their child, and so they withhold the insulin and the child dies, and then the parents end up going to prison for child abuse. If we take it for uh, diabetes, how about if we we take it for people, let's say, who have Alzheimer's? Uh, There are medications, I believe it's Seroquel, that helps with some of the anxiety and also sometimes there's some angry outbursts that occur occasionally with people with Alzheimer's. Do we withhold that? I mean, is that a wrong? And what if they develop a medication that can actually slow down or stop Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. which I understand they're on either starting to find that or maybe you've already found it. I, for one, would take it if they had a medication that would stop it. Mm -hmm. I've taken the shingles vaccines, right? Is that wrong? 
because I take some vaccine. The same thing would be true with mental health. If a person has, let's say, depression and they're suicidal, there are medications available that can help that person with their depression and their suicidal thoughts. The scriptures nowhere says that it's contrary to the word of God for us to take medication. Now, having said that, it's clear that doctors way over prescribe what are called psychotropic drugs. Mm-hmm. They're way too much use of antidepressants, way too much use of tranquilizers and things like that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't millions of people that need these medications and are vital for them. OCD is a perfect example. If a person has OCD and they don't take the medication, they can't think straight. Mm -hmm. This person, what is it, BT? He is saying that therapy has helped him as well Mm -hmm. as they've taught him to recognize when he starts thinking obsessive thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that can cut off the compulsive actions. And so in my estimation... There's lots of types of therapy that are not contrary to Scripture. Now, admittedly, psychoanalysis, to me, is highly questionable. Yeah, Freudian. Freudian, all that, highly questionable. But there's something called rational emotive therapy that basically deals with any issue you have by talking to you about the way you think. Mm -hmm. There's nuthetic counseling that sometimes is kind of the Christian equivalent to rational emotive therapy. And nuthetic counseling is the idea that we talk to you about your mind and the way you think. We don't attribute your problems to some type of whim. We attribute them to your thinking. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you can't think straight, there's medication to help you think straight. Mm -hmm. And so it seems to me that it is quite wrong for pastors and teachers to be telling people who are struggling with mental illness that they should not be receiving help. I personally have received lots of help through counseling from a rational, emotive therapy uh, approach early in our marriage, I would talk about Sharon makes me feel this way. Sharon, you know, makes this happen to me. Through going to counseling, I learned that if I become anxious, it's I'm anxious. If I become angry, I'm angry. Nobody's forcing me to be anxious or forcing me to be angry or forcing me to have some experience. That helped me a lot in our marriage, and it helped Sharon because if I stopped blaming her, she felt better, Mm -hmm. right? And then she stopped blaming me, too, Mm because she would own up to her feelings. Mm -hmm. So my experience has been that counseling can be very helpful. Now, I've been in a lot of counseling that wasn't too good. But if you have a biblical perspective, you can get rid of the counseling suggestions that are unbiblical. Now, I never had a counselor like this, but I've had friends where counselors have said, I think you should get a divorce. Mm. And there were no biblical grounds for divorce. There was no immorality. It was simply the people were, they had some differences that were considered personality personality differences, differences, things like that. So the counselor will go, I think you should start again. Well, that's not a biblical approach. But that doesn't mean we throw out all counseling because there's some counselors you know, that are off. Mm-hmm. And we don't throw out all medication because some people over-medicate. Right. Yeah, I think that's good. Also, I think, don't we counsel each other if we teach each other biblical wisdom? We do. That's a kind of counseling, well, isn't it? Yeah. And when you're going to a counselor, you're going to somebody 
for lack of a better word, who is wiser in this area than you are. And you're asking, how do you handle this situation? But let's say, for example, okay, like I went for my hip yesterday because I've been having some right hip pain. Well, I've had it for 24 years, but it acted up. It's been acting up for a couple months. So I went to see an orthopedist. Well, I don't know if he's a believer or not. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask him. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. But if the best orthopedist I could go to was a Buddhist, I would go to a Buddhist. If I had to have surgery, let's say hip replacement, I want to go to the best hip replacement doctor I can find, right? The one that will do the surgery and not some sort of Buddhist ritual over your injury. But let's say that that this Buddhist or let's say he's an atheist Mm -hmm. or Muslim. I don't care as long as they are competent in what they're doing. Right. Now, obviously, if I have a preference, I would prefer to have a believing doctor because I know they will pray about it. And I know that all things being equal, they're more likely to do a better job. But the truth is, most of us don't go to a doctor and go, let me see, doc, are are you an evangelical? Mm -hmm. Right. Right? We want to make sure the doctor's competent. And I think the same thing is true with counseling. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Christian counselors are horrible. Yeah. And sometimes the counsel they give you is not good. And so what you need to decide is who's the best counselor for you. And in the case of something like OCD, I would want somebody who is an expert in that field. Exactly. And if the best is not a believer, that could be an opportunity for evangelism, too. And that does come up in counseling. What I'm thinking is that's why you have this OCD as an end to evangelize. To me, that makes a lot of sense. The Lord gives us these things for a reason. If we go to a therapist... That's a great evangelistic opportunity at some point. You know, we may have to befriend them first, but um, it's just, um, you know, the Lord gave you this for a reason. Yeah, but the way I would look at that, David, is that I don't go to the counseling session thinking I want to witness to Dr. So-and-so today. I go to the counseling session in order to discuss whatever it is we're discussing But if in the course of the discussion, the professionals ask me why I'm thinking the way I'm thinking, my Christian faith is going to come out unless I lie to the man or woman. And so I'm not going to be going, okay, here's my chance to evangelize. I'm just going to tell them the truth. And as I do, they're hearing my Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. And they're hearing that, oh, I know I have everlasting life because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. I know that I'm going to spend eternity with him, and that helps me with the struggles I go through in life, because I know that this life isn't the end. Your life as a believer with this particular problem can show the world, show that therapist, this is how Christians deal with this. And it can be a testimony in and of itself. Yeah, and you can even show them that, hey, Christians have problems too, and we can accept the fact that we have problems, but we still know we're eternally secure. Exactly. Everybody's kind of like a record. You know, the old LPs, the long Mm -hmm. plays, and you'd put the turnstile on there and it would go around. But all our records are scratched to some degree in some places. And when it scratches, it kind of skips a little bit and it makes a discordant note. Mm -hmm. Your life has been scratched by the way you grew up Mm -hmm. in your family and everything else, past experiences. But that doesn't limit you. All that says is you're going to have to deal with your perfectionism. You're going to have to deal with some of these things Mm -hmm. your whole life. 
but it doesn't mean that you can't overcome them. And so I don't go through life going, you know what, I'm a Christian, so I never get angry. I'm a Christian, so I'm never a perfectionist. I'm a Christian, so I never think obsessively or act compulsively. No, I think I'm a Christian, and so, yes, we have the power of God. Well, thank you for tuning in, and keep grace in focus. Thank you, gentlemen, for that great discussion. Did you miss an episode of Grace in Focus that you really wanted to hear? Just come to faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We have all our past episodes right there on the site. In addition, we have all kinds of free resources available for you. It's all designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of Scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On this program, we keep our requests for financial partners to a minimum. But if you are interested in becoming a financial partner with Grace in Focus, you can find out how to do that at faithalone.org. Our team is really great about answering questions, comments, and feedback. If you've got some, we hope to hear from you. Let me give you our email address so you can do just that. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. Next time on Grace in Focus, when Jude 4 talks about some being marked out long ago for condemnation, what is it talking about? This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.